Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, this morning we are going to start a new series. We're going to start into a vision series for this year. And, and there's a scripture uh, that we need to keep the forefront of our minds as we walk through this together, because I think uh, we need to uh, allow this scripture to penetrate who we are. And, and this doesn't seem like a vision scripture. And in some way it's not, but it's about excellence. And it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, the Apostle Paul writes it, and he says, whatever you do, work out at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. This needs to be something that we seriously apply into our lives as followers of Christ it needs to be a theme in our lives, and it reminds us of serving and working in an excellent way. And, and maybe we're not there yet, right? Maybe we're not at that place, and I think we all have an uh, area of ro- uh, a room for improvement. And the, the beginning of any year should, uh, should start as we think about things like this and think about our vision for the future. Yeah, our vision needs to include excellence like that, like a diamond that's set inside of a gold ring, right? It's a beautiful thing, right? But it has to be set there properly, and excellence can be a way to get us there in a quality way. So, you know, we're, we're in the football season, right? I know some of you don't care. That's fine. It's no big deal to me. But, but, but it, we're in the, in the football season. You probably saw, maybe some of you saw some games yesterday. I don't know. And there may be some other important players today or teams playing today. I don't know. We, we'll see what happens. Some of them may be colder than others. But uh, back in the 1980s, we had, there was a guy named Joe Theismann, and Joe Theismann played for the, for the Washington Redskins, uh, which is now the Washington Commanders. And uh, he was a wonderful quarterback. He was very good, very skilled. In fact, one of his running backs was from here. He was from just north of here near Holton and, and uh, Riggins. Uh, but this guy was pretty skilled, and he, and he goes through, and he goes to the Super Bowl twice, and, and I think it's 83 and then 84. Uh, and, and in 83, I think they, it was there they won. They, they really pushed through, and they worked hard. But, it, but in 84, he kind of messed up. He kind of got, he kind of, maybe he got the big head, and so he started complaining about some of the things that were happening. Didn't like the weather, didn't like this. He kind of came to the place where he's like, you know what, it doesn't matter if I hit Art Monk when I throw a pass, if I hit him in the eight or if I hit him in the one, it doesn't really matter. And he just kind of ran through the motions, so he, he becomes stagnant. And, and so, and that, that was the year they, they didn't quite make it. And so they had two, he had two Super Bowl rings. He had the winning one and he had the losing one. And then the following year, 1985, he ended up breaking his leg tragically and he was out of football. Uh, uh, but but uh, Joe Theismann kind of uh, kind of was upset with himself how he had allowed himself to to uh, become stagnant in what he was doing. That was his work, right? That was his game. And, and so for us, when it looks to us uh, compared to us in our day and age, and you say, well, how does this relate to the church? Well, for us as followers of Jesus, we have to make sure that we don't become stagnant in our faith. We have to make sure that we're the type of people that we recognize and that we trust God no matter what happens, right? And and that we recognize that He's with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He is willing to hang out with us and have our back, and we just need to be willing to follow with Him. 
and we cannot be stagnant in our service in the body of Christ, uh, we must not simply take on the attitude, oh, that's good enough making coffee, or oh, that's, that's good enough at teaching the kids, or oh, that's good enough uh, at guiding the youth, or, or doing worship, or, or, or anything, uh, it's, uh, that, or that's good enough for praying for my neighbor, yeah, they'll be fine, whatever. No, we don't want to be like that. We want to be people who are not stagnant in our faith in our walk with Jesus. We need to stay open to Him, allowing the Spirit of God to work in our lives. Now, now I know, I understand that second place is not a bad place to be, right? It's, I get it. You're still somewhat of a winner. You made it to the top. It's just you make, didn't make it all the way. You're the second. Yet, yet our problem at times is we're willing to settle for anything that we can get. And you must not forget that we're in a spiritual battle as well. Now, you know, we've walked through COVID, all the stuff that come with that. And I think uh, for a long time, people are like stuck in that and stuck in that mindset. And we have to make sure we don't stay there in that kind of focus. Because we are in this spiritual battle. And the, and the Apostle Paul wrote this over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And he said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But then he also goes on, and he says a few more things to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. And he reminds us the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to dismount to demolish strongholds, and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every captive, uh, uh, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we need to know the Word of God, right? We need to have the Word of God working inside of our hearts and our minds. It needs to be there functioning inside of us so that we can hold on to the Word and then take those thoughts captive. And how can we stand strong and fight with God's Word if we don't know it? How can we do that? It's just going to be hard. And how can, you, how can your kids and your youth know how to live if they aren't taught the Word of God? We, we need to know the Word of God. And the last thing you and I need is to be stagnant in our faith. We don't want to be in that place. Now, it's very easy to get there over a period of time. We do the same old things time after time, and we have to make sure that we don't become stagnant, So that, but it can happen easy. We, we need to all apply excellence to our, our Christianity. In other words, we need to apply what the Bible says there in Colossians 3.23. Uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord. We want to live out our faith. You live out your faith in excellence. Live out your service towards others with excellence. We have to connect. We have to grow with others with excellence. Those are all important. So here at Topeka First, uh, our mission is to love God, love people, and inspire hope. Love God, love people, inspire hope. This, is the, this really is the core of who we are. And, and in the past, in previous years, we talked a little bit about our, uh, our, our, uh, uh, our values and such. But, uh, and that uh, relates to this as well. But it, this, is, this is who we are, this love God, love people, inspire hope. It will affect how we respond to others and how we will live uh, and it also kind of helps us to see what we view as important. What do we see as important in our lives? 
And so we can break our mission down like this. To love God is the greatest joy of every follower of Jesus. And in this, we worship Him in spirit and in truth and follow His command to reach out to all the uh, people He loves. He said all the people He loves. doesn't matter who they are. And loving God is not something we do in a vacuum, but it, it also causes us to do something else, to, to love others, right? To love people. Because to love people is loving our neighbor as ourselves, uh, showing respect and kindness and, and reaching out to them no matter what their background, no matter what their situation. And so when we love God, it sets the stage for us to love people. And, and if we learn to love others, it will cause us to then inspire hope because we love them and we love God. Do you see how these work together? They, it matters. They all function together. And, and then the, the last part of that there is to inspire hope, to, to inspire in people and lead them towards their calling to serve others with the gifts God has given them. So we all have gifts. Uh, God gives us gifts. Uh, there is something that He provides for us, and uh, they're there for us to be able to use and to exalt His name and to bless others and to help others. And, and so this here is our, our mission at Topeka First, to love God, love people, inspire hope. So we're here for a purpose. You are here for a purpose, for a reason. We have a purpose. And, and here's the thing, you can't give what you don't have. That's important for us. You cannot give something you don't have. Well, we would call that theft, right? So, uh, so if uh, somebody wanted to give away this microphone up here, you would have to go take it, right, and give it to somebody else. But if we don't have it, we, it's really hard for us to be able to give it. So think about this for a moment. So your neighbor comes over. Your neighbor comes over, they're, they're making a cake, and, and yeah, I'm going to be careful on my, on, yeah, I'm talking about recipes here. Uh, I might get in trouble. So they're, they're making a cake. They, they run out of sugar, so they come to your house, and they say, hey, we need some white sugar. We're making a cake. You know, they can't get to the store. The car's broken down, and, and yours is frozen in, right? So anyhow, so you, 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 you say, well, look, let me look in the cabinet, see what I have. And so you look in there, and you find you have, you have uh, brown sugar. And you have powdered sugar. So if you're like some of us that don't know what are doing, what you're doing, then you probably take that white that 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 uh, powdered sugar and put it on the brown sugar and and mix it up and give it to them. No, don't do that. That wouldn't be wise. Uh, but 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 anyway. So you can either do that or just be honest with them and say, look, I don't have any. I'm sorry, we don't have any. And then of course, if you got a car, you may be able to help them to get there, right? To get the brown to get the white sugar. But Jesus told a man who was interested in the hope that he had in these words in John chapter 3, verse 3. He said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Then, then in that same conversation, Jesus said this in verse 6. Uh, and, and he said these words to him. He says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So it really comes down to this. Unless you've received this gift from God, how, how can you give this wonderful gift to others? Uh, and so you really can't give what you don't have. A true love comes from God. In fact, we see that in John, in that same, uh, that same chapter in John, in John 3, 16. You know it. It's, a, it's an important passage. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
That's a scripture we must not forget. We must keep its a core of the gospel message. And the Apostle John really brings the truth of uh, love to the forefront. He says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, he says these words. He said, whoever does not love God does, uh, does not know God because God is love. And really, that, that's uh, quite the bold statement. We can't give what we don't have. And, and so to love God, to love people, inspire hope fully, we, we have to have something to be able to give to them. And this comes through faith in Christ. It comes through our trust in Jesus and what Christ has done for us on the cross. So we, we have to have that in our heart. Do you have that? Do you have that? Do you have him in your heart? That's what's so important because if we don't have him in our hearts, how can we offer this great gift of life that, uh, that we haven't received? Uh, you have to put your trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross and be willing to follow him. Uh, uh, who we are and what we have will affect what we do as a church body. Have you thought about that before? Who we are, what we have, will affect what we end up doing. So if we don't do certain things, it's probably because uh, we may not have it. Maybe we're in the sin of omission, not doing it because we don't want to, but that's not the best thing either, right? But, but what we have and who we are is going to affect what we do. And Jesus told his 12 disciples, now the apostles, he said these words in John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know, that is so important for us to, to realize and to recognize apart from Jesus, we can't do much of anything. But through him, we can do so many things. We have the greatest building. We can have the greatest building in the city. We can have all of that stuff. We can have the sharpest staff. We can have the biggest budget. We can have the best pastor. But apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Without him, we, we are seriously in need. And, uh, and we, we have to make sure we keep the focus on the right thing. Because in the end, what, we, what are we giving to people? Are we giving people things of style or uh, a preference? Or are we giving something to people that's from the heart because of what Christ has given to us? Those are the things that really matter. We give what, from what we have. And this is where we, kind of, we tap into something which Jesus told his disciples, which directly relates uh, to us here at Topeka First and every gospel-centered church. It comes into Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. It's, it's a really important passage. We know this a passage. Jesus said it himself, and, and, and it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We have a responsibility at hand, don't we? We have a responsibility even now, and we, we have a work to do. We have a job to do as his kingdom people, and we can't, do it without him, and we can't do it without each other as well. So it's a partnership. It's, it's a partnership uh, where we work together and allow God to work through our lives, and in our lives, we need to work together. 
fulfilling the mission of love God, love people, inspire hope will make uh, will help us take part in what Jesus said here in Matthew 24, 14. But it's going to enable us to take part with the wide uh, worldwide church as a whole to accomplish God's plan for mankind. We're called to serve with excellence. He wants us to do the best at whatever we do, right? And we're called to give what, what we've received through Christ. We're called to serve and to grow uh, with each other. That's, that's an important part for us. You know, the old adage, old, the old saying that, that is used a lot in leadership, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. It's so true. As we work together, we're going to see good things happen in our community. This week, of course, I was going through pictures. I was looking through all of them. It's kind of weird now as we, we went through all, all these digital pictures, right? That's kind of weird in these days. You have these digital pictures, but then we had to, like, we were missing some pictures, and so we had to go through the physical pictures from days gone by, you know, when we had it in our SLR camera or, or maybe one of those, di you remember those disc cameras? Who had a disc camera? There's a few of you here. It had those little cameras, and you take a picture with them, and so you got the, you got the film and all that. So I'm going through pictures, and, and, and I, I found some old-school pictures when I, was, uh, when I was leading a small group Bible study in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, uh, and it was good to see some of those people, not in person, but on, on the print, you know. And, and I saw them in the Bible study group there, and, and uh, it was kind of exciting to see them. And it was kind of neat because they were all from different backgrounds. Their lives were different, they, uh, and, uh, but, but they were growing in Christ. And one of the guys was a Harley rider before Harleys were the end thing, you know. Uh, and so they've always been around for years, but he was the Harley rider. And then we, one of them was a nurse, and a traveling nurse, and there, there were different ones there. And they were different, but they all had one thing in common. It was Christ and him. And that really matters. Jesus was working in their lives, and they were open to grow in their faith. And we can learn something from this. You don't always have to have a lot of similarities to grow or to connect together. Sure, it's nice. It's nice if we're exactly the same, right? When, when, I, when I meet somebody that's exactly the same, you know, it's easier to hit it off that way and all that kind of stuff. But we have to be a little bit more disciplined than only sticking it out together with those who are just like us. We need to learn from and mature. We need to learn and mature enough to be willing to grow together if we're the same or if we're different. We, we have people in this room have come from very different experiences, much like that small group I led in, in Tulsa. And so just because you're different doesn't mean you shouldn't engage one another, right? Uh, that's important, you know, and, and so some people don't want to hang out in a Bible study together, but they are missing out on God's plan for them to grow. We, you know, we have people who are welders and office managers, heating the air techs and, uh, and teachers, musicians and farmers and contractors and, and science techs, social workers, doctors and nurses, you name it. There's just a lot of different people. Uh, who say, you know what, Jesus is my Lord and I'm going to follow him. And that matters. Uh, but what we have in common is Christ. And, and don't ever let your differences keep you from connecting and growing because sometimes people allow that to happen. They allow it to happen in church as well, but we have to be able to get past that because we have to actually mature past that part and, and connect to others. Sometimes our differences actually bring a little bit of spice 
Uh, uh, that spice can be good. Now it can cause a few things, right? Because spice can cause a little bit of uh, headaches at time too. But, but spice can also bring some life. Uh, let's learn to add value to people in every way that we can. And that takes effort. It takes effort on us. And after Jesus was crucified, he was buried and then he raised. Uh, he spent some time with his disciples and he was wrapping things up with them there in the uh, the end of the Gospels in the beginning of the book of Acts, and he had them wait to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and then we find uh, in this early church, right at the beginning, God was doing something special. It was here in the book of Acts chapter 2 where we find what's called the, these five functions and these five parts of the church, and, and much of that was there. And these were what they practiced together, and that's, what, that's kind of what we call them, they, they, they were connect and grow and, and serve and go and worship. We can kind of see them here in Acts chapter 2 and uh, in other places as well. But in Acts 2 verse 42, it says this. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of, breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, and every day they could, continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together and glad. It seems like food was a big thing. I think it was, because it's about relationship, right? And, and, and it goes along there glad, with glad and sincere hearts and praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It really gives us a picture of the church body really in its infancy, right? As, as God was starting things rolling and God was working, that many had come to faith in Christ and the apostles were teaching and telling others the gospel. The, the church was doing that, as a, was, uh, was sharing the gospel. And they, they were spending time together. They even had their meals together. This is really the first element that the uh, church had was that connection. They were connecting, right? Connecting or fellowship is the key in our relationship with God and with others. It comes back to love God, love people, inspire hope. And it shows they cared for one another in relationship. And he says there in Acts chapter 2 verse 42, uh, he says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Then in verse 44, he goes back and says all the believers were together, right? They were together. They had everything in common. They were there together. They hung out. They spent time together. If you never spend time together with others who love God, you won't really get to know them. And it also even limits a little bit of your relationships and your faith because why? We need to grow together because we're stronger that way and it's just important. We can work out our relationships better that way. You know, recently we had to cancel Sunday services. Uh, it, it was That was not the fun thing for me. I just don't like to do it. It, it, was, it was Saturday. It was below zero. We, uh, some of us guys to were together at Denny's. We were, we were having breakfast, and it, and it was chilly. I think it was less than zero, if I remember right. Uh, and so we get out there, and it's snowing a little bit. And while I'm coming back, I'm trying. I come back to the church. I'm like, ah, I need to check things, see what's frozen and what's not frozen. 
and, and then I, I, I get out of here, and I, I slid through two major intersections in the car. I'm like, <clears throat> okay, Lord, I don't know that this is a good idea. Uh, and so that's it's kind of what we did. We finally felt like we, we needed to close things down. I had a missionary who was coming. He was coming from not from Egypt, but that's where he's going. And he was in Nebraska, and he's telling me, hey, we're canceling up here. Should I come tonight early? And I'm like, I don't think so. Maybe not. And so anyway, so we, we had to uh, disconnect for the weekend, right? To connect with other believers is really one of the most important ways we can grow and live out our faith. So that's why we don't like to do that kind of stuff very often, but sometimes you're forced to. But Jesus said over in John chapter 14, verse uh, 13, sorry, verse 34, he said this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, and he says in verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Uh, you, you, tr you, you can't truly love people if you don't really interact with them. You just can't. It, it's, it's, it's in community and connecting together when we learn to love one another. Uh, and remember, the, the love that God had towards humanity was a choice, right? It wasn't a choice. Uh, and he made the choice to love us even though we were kind of messed up, kind of went our own way and decided to do our own thing, uh, you know, and, and, and said, you know, I don't want to do what you want for me, God. And so, but he, he chose to love us and send his son for us. It's in community and connecting where we learn to love one another. And in fact, the Bible says over in Ephesians, these words in Ephesians 4, verse 2 and 3, he says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That, that's a big goal by itself, right? Isn't that a big goal? I, I don't know about for you, but at least in my family, that's a big goal. As We, we, we want that working in us, right? We, we need that, that bondage, that, that bondage, uh, that, that bonding. Wow, that's a good one, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, we need to bond together. So it's important for us. We need to learn to bear with each other. That's another part of it, right? Learn to bear with each other with love as the center. So, But not everyone does that. We need to grow. The Bible ch uh, charges us to stay unified in the Holy Spirit through His bond of peace. And the, the second element of the church here is to grow, right? So it's connect. It's that type of fellowship we have. And then it's grow, right? Because we want to grow. Growing or discipleship is the priority of the church and for your life. It's a priority for each and every one of us. And th this too emanates from our mission to love God, love people, inspire hope. Uh, it comes from that. You, you are, you're not likely to grow very much if you're unwilling to connect with others. You know, believe it or not, uh, you need people and people need you. Sometimes we, I think sometimes what happens with some people is they feel like, well, I don't really need somebody else to help me. I'm good. But yeah, okay. But the fact is, is other people need you. So we have to be able to step back a little bit and see, oh, we also, we have a responsibility as an individual. And some don't want to deal with that responsibility. Sometimes it's because they've been hurt, right? 
Sometimes they've been hurt, maybe hurt in church or hurt outside uh, one way or the other. They've been hurt, and so they don't want people to get close to them. So we have to make sure that we are willing and open to allow other people into our lives. And so we need people. In fact, you grow uh, because you, when you have others around you who will challenge you, right? It's not about just having yes men around you. That's, that's what happens sometimes when we try to have somebody that's just like us. Remember, we like that person so much. And so because we're the same, we think the same. But sometimes we need other people that think differently around us. Other believers that can even challenge us at times. And we can challenge, not in a mean way, right? But in a kind way. In a gentle way as we're kind and gentle to them. You know, the scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, these words. It says, as, as our iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. H how in the world can you uh, uh, be sharpened if all you do is just hang out by yourself, right? It's going to be hard to be sharpened if we d just do that. And, and how in the world can you do that? So if we, if we interact together and we connect with one another, it makes us sharper. The same goes for us and the Word of God. If, we're, if we aren't willing to break open the Scripture, to break open the Bible and read it, uh, and ponder over it a little bit and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to apply, uh, it, it, uh, we, if we don't do those kind of things, we won't really grow in our faith. We have to apply it into our lives. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, sure, there's some challenging things in the Scripture. Get, get a Bible study book out or something to help. But gro growth comes uh, with some stress marks in our lives. Have you ever noticed that? When, when, when you grow a little bit, it brings there's some stress marks that happen in our lives. And to be a disciple, we have to become a learner, someone willing to grow. And Jesus was plain about growth in his priority. Uh, in his great commission, we see it there. And in uh, Matthew 28, verses not eight, uh, 19 to 20, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So he ends up with that promise at the end. So are you growing? Are, are you discipling others around you? Are you growing? And yes, first, we have to be a disciple, right? We have to learn to become a, we have to be a learner, but are you discipling others? Our vision includes growing and connecting. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says this, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Really, really this is the essence of discipleship, growing and bearing fruit and living a life that's worthy before the Lord. It's really important for us to be, have those, those elements in our lives. It's really a tall order. But as Jesus said to some of his disciples about salvation itself, he said this, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. You may say, I, I don't know how good I am at it, but that's okay. You have to just be willing to grow, willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Uh, as, we, as we wrap this up, as we come to this point here, 
You know, you need to let Colossians 3.23 start working in you as well. For all of us, it needs to be part of all of us. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as, as unto the Lord. And this needs to be become our theme in, in our lives. And we have to make the choice to connect. If it's through a life group uh, on Wednesday or uh, for the women or, or my group or uh, if it's on another day, maybe you want to start a group, you need to talk with me and we can talk about it. Uh, and so, or maybe it's, uh, if you're a youth, it's being in student ministries, you can come in there. I'm sure Aaron, Aaron would help you with that. And said, so Marissa, uh, if it's a men's breakfast, hey, we're going to do another men's breakfast again. And I hope it's not like below zero, but if it is, we'll be there as long as the roads are good. And so, or it could be prime time for our senior citizens, you know, all those places. And some of the young guys get together. They have some get-togethers as well. But be, be intentional about, about finding a place. But on top of that, be, uh, be intentional about being willing to grow. Growing happens in community. And it also happens in our personal willingness to grow on our own. And both of those levels are needed to become who God has called us to be, right? We, we need those. And, uh, you know, some of you may use the YouVersion Bible app. I've got that. I use that every day. There's devotions in there. You can, I'm reading through the New Testament in so many days. You know, you can, there's so many things you can do like that. That's great. And, and by the way, something new just come out that, well, we've had it for a little while, but I've got it on my phone now. Uh, the Assemblies of God has actually formed a brand new app. Uh, and you can do it through us at the church. It's called the Bible Engagement Project. So you can actually, if you have, uh, you can go on to the App Store, if that's what you have, and pull it down and download it for free. You just need to say what church you're from, Topeka First Assembly, and put that in there. Give your email, get it set up. The cool, cool thing, it can be used for life groups. It can be used for other things like that. It even has kids uh, curriculum and, and uh, uh, adult curriculum and stuff on it. It's pretty cool stuff, but it has devotionals and those kind of things to be able to, for your family devotions and for other things, but it, it's cool. It's really nice. It's not cheap, by the way. It's free to us, at least at this point, it's free, but it's not cheap by any means. So if you would like to get that, if you'd like to use it for your group or something, or if you would like it for your own personal study, uh, just let me know. I've got the app here on my phone. You can see it. I just don't take my phone. But anyway, uh, so here's the thing. We have a lot of tools in America, right, when it comes to spiritual tools, Bibles, and all these kind of things. They're important. But I'm going to say this. Tools are worthless if they just stay in the toolbox. They're worthless. And there's something about using your tools as well. The other day when it was uh, below zero, quite below zero, the battery died on our truck. And so I knew it was kind of coming on its last leg. Don't worry, it doesn't really have a leg. But, it, but here it was, it died. And I had to pull the tools out of my toolbox in my garage. And let me tell you, when you're working with your bare hands with cold tool steel, it is a little chilly. And so I get the, I get the battery out. I didn't, I didn't hold back. I just kept moving. I had to press through and replace that battery. Uh, and sometimes when you get out some of your spiritual tools, they may feel just a little bit uncomfortable. 
I mean, you haven't used them for a little while, or you haven't, or maybe it's something new. Maybe even getting back on a Bible reading plan is something. Maybe it's a little uncomfortable. You got to get back in the groove for it, or or, or maybe there's a, something else in your prayer walk that you got to get back in the groove. Sometimes we're a little rusty, right? Or sometimes we're cold and stiff. But we have to be able to push through and find our stride. Don't get stagnant. Because being stagnant is, your, is not your friend. It actually can pull you back and hinder you. For what, ask Joe Theismann on that one, right? Pulled him back from winning the second Super Bowl. I think for us as followers of Jesus, we don't want to be pulled back. We want to find our place to grow and find a place to grow with others. Now, this is the first part, right? As we gather together uh, in church like this, this is the first part. This is a wonderful stage to be in it, but yet there's sometimes we need to grow even closer than that, and you have to find your place. And I just want to ask you this question. Are you willing? Are you willing to grow today? And then, then find some ways to be able to do that or get some help to do that and connect with others. I'm glad that you braved the cool weather, even on this hot day. I'm, I'm thankful that you got out. And, and I pray that you just aren't willing to become stagnant. Sometimes we have to be unwilling to become stagnant because it's easy to walk down that pathway. Say, Lord, I'm not going to become stagnant. Let that be your prayer this morning. Let me pray for you. Father, we don't want to be stagnant. We want to follow in your will and your plan. We want to connect with each other, Lord God. Uh, we, we want to grow in our faith and our walk with one another, Father God. We pray that you would just continue to help us as we focus our hearts and our minds on you. We yield ourselves to you, Father, and ask you just to break into our lives in such a way that you may do the work that, Father, you intend to do in us. Father God, we trust you, Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness. We depend on you, Lord, because without you we have nothing, but through you we have everything that we will ever need. Help us, Lord, to be able to pull out some of those spiritual tools again, to be able to use them, Father God, for your glory. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. And Father, we offer ourselves to you so that you may work with us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen.